game. Blouses. Gallon Chuck. Disaster. I forget he. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show already in progress. Everybody loves Mitch and Sean. You guys are the greatest duo. Fantastic. That team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Welcome, everybody, to another podcast with myself, Mitch Gallo. Finally, 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 we have actual hockey games to talk about. Yeah, I know that uh, you and I are really looking forward to this. Uh, the puck has dropped in the National Hockey League. We're going we're gonna to change the format a little bit here on the Post Game Pints podcast, brought to you by Labras. Uh, check them out, labras.com, for all their opening hours. I know here in Quebec uh, that... Uh, We've got uh, lockdown, so we got to keep an eye out on uh, when things are open. But check it out at labrosse.com. They are open. Go get your Campbell play-by-play IPA, your Angry Gallo Ale. Uh, I know that uh, it's still a very hot commodity down at Labrosse, so check that out. But, Mitch, uh, the uh, Montreal Canadiens, they finally got a game under their belt. And I- I'm just excited that we got hockey to watch. And, like, right now, if you see my eyes go this way, it's just because there's a hockey game on right now. And I just like watching hockey all the time. And I'm glad we had the World Junior Hockey Championship. But, man, it was really, really good to see some NHL hockey. I mean, it's a completely different ball game compared to uh, – or hockey game compared to the World Junior Championship when you're talking about the pros and you're talking about those guys at the junior level. Love the World Junior Championship, Sean, but this is, uh, this is the big boys now. And we have – kind of a feel as to what we're going to get for this special season that the NHL is providing us. I mean, this is a season like no other. We're only going to see one division. And every team out there, every every fan base out there is only going to see the same six, seven, eight teams. So you look at it, and things are very unique. And I see a great opportunity here for the Montreal Canadiens just based on the fact that they're playing in this Canadian division which means that one of these four teams that make the playoffs in the Canadian division is guaranteed to have a spot in the final four. Well, I, I always said this, just be better than three teams. Just that's the only thing you need to do. If you want to get in the playoffs, I don't think it really will matter who is in the playoffs at the time, one, two, three, or four. It's going to be tight. I think this division is going to be tight when we're looking at the North division and specifically to the Montreal Canadiens, but it's going to be really, really tight. You just have to make sure you're better than three other teams. And I think the Canadians are better than Ottawa. I think they're better than some of the other teams, but I also think that all those teams are really, really close. So when you lose, lose with a point, when you win, win with two points and don't give up that point. It's kind of that, that hard balance. So you're allowed to lose. Just try and pick up a point when you do. But when you do win, try and pick up two and don't give out any points. There's three-point games. It's going to make everything so tight. So yeah. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I look at the division, right? And we're going to 
rule out Ottawa for now. And you know what? I'm kind of hoping they do uh, surprise us to a certain degree. They will. And maybe they will. Maybe steal some points along the way too um, with teams that maybe the Canadians are chasing. Uh, but I, I look across the division and it's like every team has their flaw for sure. Um, but I think perhaps the two teams that people are most unsure about are the Montreal Canadiens and the Calgary Flames. And those two teams are probably the most well-rounded. Like I look at Toronto and Winnipeg, they're kind of similar where their top sixes are probably the best. Uh, Edmonton kind of the same deal, uh, but their defenses aren't that great. And, uh, you know, maybe some suspect goaltending in Toronto and in Edmonton, obviously Winnipeg has the, uh, Vesna trophy winner, but their defense is probably the worst defensive core in the entire division. So like every team is hard to evaluate because they're all built so differently. And that's, what's going to make it uh, fun to see who actually ends up on top. Is it going to be the well-rounded Calgary flames or Montreal Canadians? Or is it going to be the top heavy Toronto Maple Leafs, Winnipeg Jets, Cal- uh, Winnipeg Jets, uh, Edmonton Oilers? Or is it going to be the Vancouver Canucks, who a lot of people, myself included, have pegged to win that division? Yeah, it's really it's really hard not to pick a team that doesn't have superstar power up front. It's really you're going to gravitate towards the Connor McDavid. You gravitate towards the Austin Matthews uh, for for when you're trying to make a team a pick in the North Division. I think that that's something that just naturally occurs, Mitch. So yeah. what I want to do here on the Post Game Pines podcast is we want to get into specifics about the Montreal Canadiens as uh, you and I both work in the Montreal area and uh, Montreal media and we cover the Montreal Canadiens uh, pretty exclusively without missing a beat. So I got just one, one, one topic and I really, I, I really want to get into this because we finally got to see Alexander Romanov not at a World Juniors, not at a red-white scrimmage, not in the KHL, in the highest level. We saw Alex Romanov in an NHL game that counted in the standings for the first time. So, yes, it's one game, but I want to know our first impressions of Alexander Romanov with the Canadians. Well, Sean, my first impressions are very strong. And all I can say is he comes as advertised. Like, I didn't get the benefit of seeing him in exhibition games, which often we have the luxury of seeing. And I mm-hmm. still have never seen him play live, something I look forward to doing when we can get back in the building. Um, everything they've said about him, though, seems to be true. And we can tell that the coaching staff already loves him. If you look at how he was deployed in game number one with the Montreal Canadiens, we're talking about a guy who played over 20 minutes in his NHL debut on the blue line. Only Shea Weber played more than Alexander Romanov. He got time in all situations, including three-on-three overtime, and he looked like a really confident guy uh, in that game. Maybe taking some risks at times, but I like to see the panache and the confidence in his game, which is why, Sean, I'm going to pick Alexander Romanov to be one of the three nominees for the Calder Trophy. Now, obviously, there's always some surprises in the mix, and there's the favorites that we already know about. Mm -hmm. But the way I look at it is a lot of the guys we're talking about, they were recently drafted, whereas Romanov was part of the 2018 draft along with Kokanyemi. Kokanyemi has already played two years in the NHL before Romanov even makes his NHL debut. So we look at, sure, 
uh, Lafreniere is going to be in the mix with the New York Rangers, and Tim Stutzla will be in the mix with the Ottawa Senators. Those guys are children compared to Alexander Romanov. He is much more mature and much more uh, physically ready to play with men and already used to it playing in the KHL, although I realize that uh, Tim Stutzla also does have experience uh, playing above his age category. But I was so impressed, Sean, and you say, what can we say about what we think of him after watching him play in the NHL, all I'll say is he comes as advertised. Yeah, okay. So just on, uh, on, on the point when it comes to the, the Calder or being a nominee, I think that we're going to likely see maybe more one or two players that were drafted in 2017 or 2018 that are going to be in the mix. Guys that were drafted, maybe they were second rounders, they just take a little bit longer to develop. You know, Romanoff, that's a perfect example where, you know, Think about like an example this year, Capocacco with the Rangers might have a great year, but he's not going to be up for the Calder because he played last year, but this maybe should have been his Calder year. And then yeah. he would have developed. So it's, it's, it's kind of, the Calder's a weird trophy that way where some guys come too early because they shouldn't have, or if you wait and then you get guys that are, you know, fifth or fourth round picks and they're able to develop because they're not pressured because they're not a first round pick. It's, it's, you know, that whole debate that I could get into with Jake Evans versus Ryan Paling. Jake Evans, 2014 pick, Ryan Paling, 2017 pick. One's yeah. a first-round pick, so they're like, get here, get here. One's a seventh-round pick. Take your time. And what happens when you take your time? You're more ready than the guy that didn't take your time. And you're a little bit older, and you're a little bit more seasoned. And, you know, it just it's a long debate. So just to get on first impressions, I love what you said, comes as advertised. He was a guy that I was so curious about and. Uh, you know, when the Canadians drafted him, it did seem like everyone's like, oh, who's this guy? It's out of nowhere. But then it didn't take long when people saw him for the first time at the World Junior Ch Hockey Championship. Oh, this is one of the best defensemen here. How did the Canadians get him in the second round? This is a first round pick. Mitch, yeah. you and I here on the Post Game Pints podcast, not that long ago, just redrafted the 2018 draft. The guy was a second round pick. And I know we're in Montreal but we had him in the top 10. And if he becomes a Calder nominee, then maybe he should have been more than a top 10. You know, it, 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 time will dictate that. But comes as advertised, loved his skating. Uh, I know that he's uh, around six foot and he's on a defense core that's all six five. He didn't look out of place. Uh, the Pelly Killy aspect, I think that was came a little sooner than the Canadians wanted. It was a matter of circumstance. Uh, no, no, I understand. Sharab was in the penalty box, uh, you know, Kulak was in the penalty box. They were, they were missing two, you know, two of their defensemen. They're down to four. He's going to get out there. They'll keep Petrie and Edmondson together. So that means Romanoff got the first shift to play with Shea Weber. And if you're going to throw him into the mix, you throw him next to Shea Weber. So I just don't think it was ideally in their plan, but you always have to be ready for it. And he looked okay. I'm not going to say he looked great on the penalty kill. I think Ben Chirot and Shea Weber might be doing better and you'll see them get more ice time on the penalty kill. But he came and he was ready to go. I like what I saw on the power play from him. Uh, yes, very risky when it comes to those plays along the blue line. And there's this confidence that he skates with and he's just like going out there and playing hockey. It's kind of, I, I kind of equated it to, you know, I don't really care what anybody thinks. Where there's so many guys making their NHL debut is like, what happens if I make a mistake? I don't think he thought that once. I don't think he thought, what happens if I make a mistake? Now, 
let's say he continues to make some mistakes and they turn into goals like that play at the blue line. He gets poke checked. He goes the other way. He might be pulled from the second power play unit. He might have to sit the stands if Victor Mete plays a game. But I hope when he comes back, he still plays the same way. So I like that he doesn't think that way. But the moment he starts getting, you know, analyzed or ice time is taken away, I think that that's something. I don't, I, I don't know how often he's going to be on the ice at the end of the game when the Canadians have a lead, uh, unless guys are in the penalty box. Uh, but I, I, for first impressions, I, I thought he was kind of thrown in the fire. I'm not expecting 20 minutes a night, though. I'm really not. I, I'm not expecting 20 minutes a night. But, hey, if he could do that, then that's, that's great news for the Canadians. Well, from what I've seen, you know, the Canadians have six guys on their defense. I want to see Romanov more than I want to see Kulak or Edmondson at this point. So I, I, I really like what I saw. The other thing I'll add, Sean, you mentioned redrafting the 2018 draft and having him in the top 10. I can tell you, I was there. I was in Dallas mm-hmm. when the Canadians selected him in the second round. And as a second round pick in that draft, there was a gasp in the arena. People were shocked. People were scrolling through their boards trying to find, where is this guy, Alex Romanov? Oh my God, we had him pegged in the fifth round, fourth round, mm-hmm. third round. Like people thought that the Canadians reached and it was this crazy pick. And I remember Trevor Timmons was very defiant on that day uh, when uh, we, the media spoke to him uh, defending the pick saying, you know, we don't pay attention to central scouting. We don't pay attention to the hockey news. We have our own scouts and we pay them lots of money. And that's why, because they're out there to figure out which players can best help the Montreal Canadians. And now you see why uh, the Canadians went off the board to take Alex Romanov, Uh, with that selection. It's so great for the Canadians, Sean, because we look right now at the influx of uh, young defensemen in the NHL and, you know, Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes up for the Calder Trophy last year. And, you know, we watched Bo Byron playing for Team Canada and expect it to factor in with the Colorado Avalanche in the very near future. And the list goes on and on of these young defensemen making their mark in the NHL. Well, you know, you're looking at the Canadians' blue line and they didn't really have that guy after they traded Mikhail Sergachev. Uh, an older blue line, Sherratt's older, Weber's older, Petrie's older, Edmondson now is older. You know, Kulak, I think we know what he is, and he's no spring chicken, although I'm not going to say he's old. He's uh, certainly not one of these young whippersnippers that are breaking into the league. So, you know, you look around at all those potential guys coming in, and now the Montreal Canadiens have their own, and Mikhail Sergachev, uh, defenseman under the age of 23 with a very, very bright future. Is it whippersnapper or whippersnipper? Uh, did I say snipper? You said snipper. I think it's whippersnapper, and I think a whippersnipper is the thing that you cut your grass, uh, you know, along the walls. Well, he could be a whippersnipper then. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm just saying. I think you. I think it's. I think the saying's whippersnapper, but you said snipper. But whippersnipper is a thing. That's all. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know the difference between the two. So you could be right. You could be wrong. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, but. It, it wasn't perfect for Romanov. I know it's just one game and, and, and everybody's excited for him, but it wasn't perfect, bitch. There were, there were some things. He, he made a pretty bad decision. And Mikhailov uh, got that half breakaway. We can sweep that under the rug. I just hope at least to start, he doesn't get punished for it. I don't want to see his minutes end up like eight or nine minutes because maybe if he has one bad game and if he sits in the stands, it's not going to bother me. But I don't want him sitting in the stands for three, four, you know, five, six games in a row. Yeah, but I think they're you, you gonna know, have to bring... if he does sit or if he does have a game where minutes are down and they're not 
freak out about that. They're sellers. I think he's that you're going to go. What was he thinking? I think. Yeah. How about this that uh, no one's mentioned? Because you 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 talk about some of those growing pains and you know uh, a couple of the plays that maybe he got beat or um, maybe he he won't in the future. You know, he's got to learn the league. He's got to learn mm -hmm. the players. And it's one thing to watch tape and, uh, and be coached up. It's another to actually experience it in game action. And we always talk about how that first time around the league is challenging for younger players. They got to learn the league, learn the players, the tendencies, what they like to do, uh, and everything like that. Well, good news for the Canadians is Alex Romanov is going to go around the league in the first three weeks of the season, and then he's going to repeat the process. Because of yeah. this unique season. So I, I can't help but wonder if in the short term it's actually beneficial that he's going to be seeing the Maple Leafs and all the other teams in the division so often that it's like, you know, the fifth time they play the Maple Leafs, you can be like, okay, I know that Mikhaev, when he comes in on my left side, he's going to try to beat me on the outside. Or I know that Mitch Marner likes to dipsy doodle and stop up. Or I know that Austin Matthews is going to try to get to the top of the circle and take that wrist shot and I know what kind of speed he's coming in and how to control my gap I just wonder with the condensed schedule how much that will benefit some of these young guys around the entire league like Romanov that they're not gonna like he doesn't have to go up against McKinnon and he's not gonna have yeah. to see Stamkos and it's just it's it's a condensed schedule where you see the same opponents over and over now it could work in the reverse too they could yeah that's what I was thinking and exploit him but uh, I, I think uh, I think for a defenseman it's, it's actually maybe kind of beneficial like I look at defensemen and goaltending. I think it's going to help those guys, whereas maybe forwards, it's going to become a little bit challenging because it's easier to teach and learn tendencies and defend it than it is maybe to create new ways of scoring and attacking. Yeah, and I, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking that, you know, tendencies, yes, you're going to see it, but that's what happens. People ask about the sophomore slump all the time. Is because yeah. the first year, no one knows who these young guys are. But that's usually with the forwards. The forwards are the ones that then they get scouted because the, it's, you don't get scouted for, you know, your defense. You get scouted because of what you do offensively. And then you have to learn how to defend it. And that's that's a possibility. You're right. I don't know. But I think we're going to have to wait and see. All right. We'd like you to comment. Write to us at Sean R. Campbell, Mitch Y. Gallo. Uh, your first impressions of Alexander Romanov. You can watch a, a clip on uh, of him in the KHL or uh, world junior game against a bunch of teenagers and you can watch a red white scrimmage, but he actually got some NHL game action in it's one game. It'll be two games. It's such a small sample size, but what are your first impressions of Alexander Romanoff? I think Mitch, you and I very good impressions so far for Romanoff. It's not going to be perfect. Don't overreact if, if things don't go his way, but I think it's a, a good start for a long career in the national hockey league for uh, Alexander Romanov as uh, what's his nickname? Someone told me today it was the assassin. The assassin. Yeah. I have, I have no I idea. I you're you're, either, way, more into the nick, you're way more into the nickname stuff than me. Yeah. I, I feel like I could come up with a better one for him, but he won't take it. <laughs> Fair enough. It's brought to you. Post game pints brought to you by LeBron Brewery. Check them out. LeBron.com for the latest hours. Get your Campbell play-by-play -play IPA. Your angry gallo <laughs> ale. And uh, we'll be back with different uh, uh, different formats here on the Post Game Pints podcast. Really looking forward to bringing that to you.
Uh, we'll have uh, more guests on the show. We're going to be concentrating more on uh, certain topics like today. Alexander. Romano. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Mitch. Well, how's that for your entertainment value? They've done their job very, very well. Awesome! No, 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 no. Come on. VBF.